Hey there, Women on Purpose. Welcome back to our podcast. I am so excited that you continue to join us week after week. I hope and I pray that these discussions, the conversations are blessing you, that it's giving you life and most importantly, helping you to pursue purpose, giving you uh, the encouragement that you need to move forward. Today, I am joined with the Reverend Dr. Kimberly Sierra. She is a minister, a teacher, a wife, a mother, a grandmother, and a friend. She has a tremendous testimony to share with us, and I can't wait for you to hear it. I promise you, I promise you, this will speak to you in your most vulnerable place, and it will help to bring healing to your soul. So ladies, grab a drink, a snack, curl up on your couch, pull up to the table, turn up the volume in the car. It's time to chat. Ladies, I am so excited today because I am here with Dr. Kimberly Sierra. I have known her for a great portion of my life, actually, and I am so excited that she's able to join me today. And we're talking about pushing past your pain to fulfilling purpose. So many of us have a story. We've been through so many things. And for a lot of us, we've buried it and we've allowed ourselves to kind of become victim to that. But Dr. Sierra is here and she has an awesome testimony of how we can push past that. Welcome to our Women of Purpose podcast. Thank you, Tana. It is just so amazing. I just give God the glory, honor, and praise to just see the wonderful things that he's doing in your life. Because I remember you as little Tana (laughs) (laughs) coming to, to Word of Faith, you know, and just to see how God has just been using you to bloom into the wonderful person that you are. I am just really excited and just know that I will forever be thankful for what he's doing in and through your life. Thank you. And likewise, and likewise. But of course, it's, it's you know, not without a story. You know, we can all look through our trajectory and just see how, you know, the hand of God was on our lives, even in times when it was dark, when we walked away, when things were bleak. And so I'm excited to hear your testimony. I just want us to start off with you sharing a little bit of your testimony with our listeners. Well, just like Minister Tana said, where we're going in life does not start with just, you know, that one day we just wake up and things just happen. There's different things that happen in a person's life that Sometimes you're you're knocked off and you you tend to think, you know what, is God going to use me or am I ever going to amount to anything? And in my life, I know that I'm coming from St. Thomas, Virgin Islands, just like you, a small little community. Mm-hmm. So everybody knows everybody. Right. And you tend to walk around, you never want to offend anyone. You want everybody to see you in that good grace. Yes. And I remember that. I was in the ministry, working in the ministry, had a good job, was married, had three beautiful daughters. And one day through everything that was happening, I was so blinded of that I was neglecting my husband and his needs 
that somebody else came in and my husband had an affair mm-hmm. on me. Mm-hmm. And with that, I was so embarrassed, so ashamed. And I thought that God would never use me. After all, who would want to listen to a person like myself? Especially right. having a husband that had an affair. Right. So I was so afraid, so ashamed that I ended up leaving the island in despair. And even though I left the islands, I was still believing God for my husband. But it was just so much that I just never thought that God would ever use me again. And that's at that very point that the enemy started beating me down. Mm-hmm. And my husband, he did return back to me about two and a half, three years later. And when he came back to me, he was very remorseful. But for me, Tana, I was just so still hurt. Because yeah. when he returned to me, he came back, but he came back with a child. Yeah. And that hurt me more than anything else. I found myself getting angry with God because after all, I was standing on the word. I was doing everything that I knew what to do, still believing. So I I became very angry with God and that anger turned into hurt and bitterness and I could not get over it. So, of course, with that hurt and bitterness in my heart, that started being displayed towards my husband. Mm. You know, we went on for years and I was so angry, so hurt, you know, by what he had done. And I never let him forget how much he hurt me. And it just came to a point where I wanted nothing else to do with him. And my only end result was to divorce him. And I did get a divorce from him. And he never wanted the divorce. As a matter of fact, he he tried to talk me out of it. And when he saw that I was adamant about it, you know, he just let it go. So I did divorce him. And in that time, I was at my lowest, Mm. at my very, very lowest. Mm. And I found myself, I had nowhere else to turn. I wanted to commit suicide. I wanted just to be out of everything. And at that time, I cried out to God. And that very time that I cried out, God met me. And he spoke to me, he restored me, and I just felt so revived. I felt so alive again. And with that, he told me that my husband and I would get back together. My husband laughed at it. He did not see it. But a month later, we did end up getting remarried. And we have been together ever since. So that has been my life story. That has been one of... um a deepest, darkest despair in my life. It's brought me such pain that I never, ever wanted anybody to know about it. Mm -hmm. So I hid it from myself, from others. I just hid it like as if it never happened. And in order for you to be healed, you have to let go of everything. Right. That's where true healing comes. You know, just knowing that And even in your deepest pain and your deepest despair, God can still use that for his glory, for his honor. That's my testimony. And that's one that I carried. That was a burden that I carried around with me. That was like 5,000, probably even 10 times more on my shoulder. And when I finally released it, 
I have felt so free and I have not looked back since. Wow. Yeah. Let's talk about the release because so many times people say, you know, I'm releasing this and giving it to God. I'm letting go of this. But then something happens that trigger and it brings it right back up, you know, and they find themselves back in that dark place of hurt and pain. What was, what did releasing look like for you? Hmm, that's a very good question because I thought that I had released it. Mm-hmm. You know, over the years, um, there were several times that I was like, okay, I have let released it. I have let it go, God. And it was still there. And you know, it was there because every time something did not go your way or whatever you think that your spouse should be doing something, then you would throw up in your yep. face that passed. Mm-hmm. You know, and in the word of God, it says that God does not remember your past. Right. So that release for me was when on that day that my mom died and it seemed like I had nowhere else Mm. to turn. It seemed like the very anchor that I thought was the anchor in my life. So in other words, everything that I was holding on to was gone. Mm. So I had nowhere else to turn but to God. Yeah. And in that release is when I really and honestly, fervently cried out to him. Because remember, I told you, Tana, that I wanted to kill myself. Yeah. I did not feel like I was worthy of anything. I was not worthy of love. I was not worthy to speak to anyone. I mean, I had my doctorate, but my doctorate only said Dr. Sierra. Mm -hmm. But in my mind, I was still dumb. I was, you know, I just did not see myself as a doctor, as Mm -hmm. a highly educated person, Mm -hmm. as somebody who knows the word. Mm -hmm. I never saw that. So that release for me was when God started showing me who I was in him. And then in that time, that's when he started building me up, building me up. You know, just just imagine when you're with your dad and something bad happened mm-hmm. and he's right there to pick you up, hug you and say, it's OK. Right. I love you. And then you feel such safety. Yes. And he encourages you. He takes you out for ice cream. You know, he just builds you up. And by by the time you're done, you feel like you can go and ride that bike again or conquer whatever it is that, you know, happens in your life. Well, that's how that release was Mm. for me. God just started building me back up and pouring into me. Let me know who I am in him, who I was in him. Yeah, no, I think that is so powerful because I think that's what I found that the area that, that the enemy tried to hit us the most is in our identity in Christ. And if we're not secure in that, that's where he really comes to attack. And I think that's why it's so important that we build ourselves up and that we, you know, make sure we're quoting the word that we, we make sure we have a relationship with God because he is yeah. the only one that could define us. We try to find, you know, things and people and all this stuff, all the trappings of life to try to define us and we come up empty, but it's not until 
we get to a place in him that we can really become secure within ourselves, that we can really let go of all these other burdens and to move forward. Yes. And that that is so true because many times you get discouraged because you think that your friend, so-and-so should be there for you. Yes. Or so-and-so should, should help you through this. And we're not realizing that they're going through things in and of themselves mm-hmm. as well. And we tend to take it personal. But if you know who you are in Christ and he's always there, he always has time for us. Yes. You know, so I think that that was and I honestly did it where I cried out to him. That's where that really came mm. Now, you, you said earlier that you never thought that God would use you again. Mm-hmm. Looking mm-hmm. back now, what was that like for you? That season of knowing you're a minister, knowing you've been to school, knowing, you know, you, you've served in ministry, that people are looking up to you and then feeling like, wow, God can't, after all this, God can't even use me. Yeah. That's a feeling of deep despair. Yeah. Because it, it just felt like when you blow up a bubble, um, a balloon <laughs> and you let out all the air. Because at that time, even though whether they knew about it or not, it just seems like everybody was turning their back on you. Mm-hmm. And we all know that that's how the enemy yes. tried to make things seem. That they were, you know, if you come around, they're whispering about mm-hmm. you. Or why would they want to listen to you? Because after all, you're not an authority because you're a husband. You couldn't even hold on to mm-hmm. your husband. So for me, It was one of loneliness. It was one of defeat. I was so hard on myself as well, because then I started blaming myself. What could I have done differently? How in the world is God because going to use me? Because after all, I wasn't even holding on to my marriage. Mm -hmm. And he had to show me that it's not about the way that you perceive things. It's through your life experiences that you can go out there and minister to other people and let them know in their time of pain, in their time of challenges, you know, I'm right there to show you the way. And he wants to be there in our lives to show us the way. That was a dark moment for me. And I felt very lonely in that moment. Hmm. So how do you feel right now? What is God speaking to you in this season? Where are you at right now? I am feeling such joy, Mm. such freedom, such peace. And I have never experienced such freedom in my life, you know, for for so long, even though I thought I had released it. Yeah. And I thought that I had forgiven those weights or still on me. You know, I, I, I like to say that God has a sense of humor because the very thing that I never wanted anybody to know, here it is. Now, platforms have been open mm. for me now to share this testimony where now everybody, it seems now like everybody has known, mm-hmm. you know, just know about what's happening, what's being said, what have really took place in my life. But in this time, instead of me being ashamed of it, I feel such freedom, such happiness to know that I can just give somebody hope in God. 
yes. faith in God. Yes. Because God is not a respecter of person. Yes. So if he did it for me, he can certainly yes. do it for you. Yes. It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what you're doing. God is God. Yes. He is the great I am. Yes. So I feel right now in my life, just such hope, mm-hmm. such freedom. I'm just excited to know that now, God, that I have stepped out and I'm being obedient to you, what you're going to do in my life. Yeah. I'm just sitting back, waiting for God. Yes. Not stepping before him, not being 10 steps behind him, but just right there for him to speak to my heart. Yes. Okay. I have a friend who um, who says, everything is not God ordained, but everything is God used. And this is, you know, the perfect example of God turning what was meant for evil and using this now to revive your ministry, you know, to revive you and to revive your ministry and to bring you um, back to life and, and back on track to fulfilling his purpose. How did you get to that point? Okay. So now your marriage is, has been reconciled. You have let go. You, you've allowed the Lord to build you back up. But how did you get to the point where you're able to now, like you called it, step out of the boat and start back fulfilling purpose to, to what he's calling you to do? That's an excellent question because I don't want anybody to think that, you know, one day I just woke up and would just Mm -hmm. snap my fingers and it just happened like that. It was a process, even for me, because even though God was building me up, I, there was still a part of me was like, I'm not like minister Mm so-and-so. I, you know, I'm not like this. I, I, you know, so there's still a part of me that was feeling down. But I still stayed in the word. I had a husband that continued to encourage me in the things of God. I I prayed a lot. I I read the Bible. And those days that I did not feel like reading the Bible, I just prayed. I went to YouTube. And do we know that there's people on YouTube that read the word? (laughs) So I was like, you know, I'm not going to let anything stop the word. And it's just a matter of staying in the presence. Just keep on pushing, whether you feel like it or not, because we have our good days, we have our bad days. But if you make that honest and say, God, I really want more of you and just let the YouTube play to you. Sometimes I turn on music, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes I just sit down and just God, I just need you to talk to me. Sometimes I missed it, but I would pick myself Mm -hmm. up, dust myself off and keep on moving because God said that, you know, yeah, we're there. We're going to make mistakes because we're not perfect, but I am always there to guide you along the way. That's what it was, Tana. I mean, more so because there was some times that I woke up, I just did not feel like it. Yeah. But just having the cognizant of, Okay, I need the word. Yes. I need the word. You know, because you already been there. So you know you don't want to go back mm-hmm. now. Just That's good. doing what it be- takes, putting in the work, mm-hmm. putting in the work. Mm-hmm. What you just said is so good. And I think it speaks to intentionality 
just like you said, it's not just that you woke up and everything was okay, but that you had to be intentional about putting in the work. And even when you didn't feel like it, you know, like you said, there were some days you didn't feel like it, but you were still made sure. So you might not want to sit down and read the Bible, but you still made sure that your air gates were open and in tune to it by putting it on YouTube. And sometimes it's just really us just stopping Stopping what we're doing, allow stopping our mind to race and to take us places, but just really being intentional about um, studying the word. About and then you said something I thought was so good. You said, "I remembered even when I didn't feel like it. I remembered that I did not want to go back to that place." I think that's so powerful because sometimes we just need to remember. You know, we just need to remember yeah. where we were and remember what that place was like, and let that be our motivator to not send us back there. Right, right, and you know, and I think you hit the it in a nail. All in a nutshell. It's all about your intention. Mm -hmm. You know, be intentional about it. Yeah. Be intentional because, you know, we're going to have our our faults. We're going to have those days that we fall. Yes. But you just pick yourself up, you dust yourself off, and you keep on moving with intention. With intention. That's good. That's a good nugget. Yes. Yes. Wow. This whole conversation is so good. And just (laughs) life-giving. Just Yeah. Yes, you're blessing me, you know, because these are things that many times when people think of God or think of the church or the the Bible, they see it like a facade. Yeah. But it's real life. Yes. It's real life. I, I, I remember my daughter one day calling me and she's like, Mommy, do you know that there, there was drama in the Bible? There was drama. <laughs> Just like what we're going through. And that's the way that you have to look at it because everything that we're going through, it was right there. Yes. It's right there. Yes. You know, so you can read about it. You can see when they made their mistake. Mm-hmm. Okay. You don't want to go that way. You yes. Know? So, and just be intentional about it. Yes. I, I really like that word. That's really singing into my spirit. Yeah. Intentional. Yes. <laughs> and the whole Bible, you know, a lot of times when we're going through stuff, we feel like we are the only one, you know, and of course that shame and that guilt burden us down. It's like, oh my God, no one has ever gone through this. I can't believe I'm going through this. What in fact, it is not true. And just like you said, the Bible is full of it. It's a whole lifetime movie that could last <laughs> us several months, you know, <laughs> of just yes, episode yes, after it, episode. It is. Because when I was going through my stuff, I felt like it was only me. Mm-hmm. I was the only one in this whole wide world whose husband has ever cheated on them. Right. <laughs> my world had just came to an end. But not knowing that there were people before us and there will be people after yes. us yes. that will go through the same thing. But it's how do you handle it? You know, you have to take your focus off of people. Mm-hmm. And I'm here to tell you that that's where my focus was yeah. on people. Yeah. What would they say? What would they think? How how can my ministry succeed? You know. And so my focus was on the wrong thing. Yeah. So because my focus was on the wrong thing, I was in deep despair, deep despair, because that's exactly where the enemy wants us mm-hmm. to be focusing on those things. And you know, then. It's so easy because for me, my mind is always going. So for me, I'm 
constantly replaying and trying to figure out how is this? And it was like an overtime job, you know, so much so that even when I went to sleep, my mind yeah. was still going, you know, I was having dreams and yeah. working out these scenarios in my mind. But then the minute I let go and let God, yeah. it was like peace just came, but I had to be intentional. Right. Right. I, I want to go back to something that, that um, you said earlier when you were telling the story. One of the things that I liked is that you didn't just go to blaming your husband, but you were able to look back at the situation and see where your fault lied in it as well. What brought you to that point? And, and I'll tell you why I'm asking this because we, um, I've been doing a book club and we actually just ended this past Thursday. The book was called The Last 10% and, and we had some really good discussions um, in the book. But one of the characters had a similar situation um, like you, the, almost to the T. Of course, it's fictional, but... <laughs> um, and her husband's a similar thing. She, she was in the church and, you know, fully in church and, you know, was neglecting her husband. Her husband kind of felt like she had lost her fervor, her, you know, zest, her zeal and went with the secretary. And so she also had some times of introspection and realized where her fault light. And, and and so in the book, as she's meeting with her friends, her friends are like, well, how can you put this on you? And she said, well, it's not that I'm putting it on me, but I'm also owning my stuff as well. I'm also owning where I went wrong. And so the book club, we of course had some really, really good discussions. And we all agreed that that wasn't something that was so common because a lot of times when we get hurt, we kind of put ourselves in the victim spot. And so we're so right. busy like, oh, I was hurt. I was hurt. I was hurt that we don't step back from the situation and kind of get a Full, uh, you know, even picture. So I love yeah. that you were able to say, you know, listen, I recognize where I went wrong in the situation. I recognize, you know, what happened. Not, not taking any guilt or anything off of him, but, but just able to say, I'm able to step back and just see this full picture and see, and see where I went wrong. What brought you to that point where you were able to have that moment of in- introspection and reflection? <laughs> A very, very good question because um, it took me a while to get to that place. It was more or less in the beginning, I continued and I wanted to be the victim. I wanted him to feel the pain that I did. And it was in that deepest, darkest moment in my life that where I wanted to commit suicide and I cried out to God. And there was a couple of things that he showed me. First, he showed me, he said, you prayed and you believed me to bring back your husband. And when I brought him back, I didn't tell you how I was going to bring him back. I didn't say anything, Mm. but I brought him back. And it was more or less like you wanted to be God. Mm. So he said, you got angry, but then what led up to this? What led up to this? And to this very day, I have to remember that whenever I'm serving or in whatever capacity I may be in, whether it's my work, because I'm very, I will put my all into whatever it is. Me too. But I have to remember that I have a family and my ministry first is to them. Because if I can't minister to them, how else am I going to be able to fully right. minister to anybody else? 
and be recognizing and being able to hear that voice. That's where I reckon, you know Mm. what? I neglected. I have to put some type of ownership to this. This is where, yes, he was wrong for what he did. Mm -hmm. Yes. But take your eyes off of him. Mm -hmm. How can you better so that a situation like this will never arise again? Mm -hmm. It was when I took my eyes off of him, but put my eyes on God, then God can minister to me. Yes. Do I have my faults? Yes, I do. You know, uh, am I the, the, the perfect wife? No, I'm not. But with each day, I'm looking to God to direct me, to lead me, to help me stop being that tenacity, that go getter and be the one to be like, okay, it's okay for you to lead. Mm -hmm. I don't have to lead Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. So that's, that was my day. That was my day. Just taking my focus off of him, but focusing on me and saying, okay, God, help me to be a better me. Even if it's not with him, at least I can be a better me to be a light or to help others in their time of need. That is so good. You know, about you trying to be God. I I had that similar thing in December uh, where the Lord said to me, your problem is that you are trying to be God. And that, oh, that was like a fist to my chest. And it, it was right. It was absolutely right because I'm a planner. You know, I like to, I very, I don't like surprises. So I, I want to make sure I know how everything go, you know, a plan ABC for everything. And, and he said, there's no room for me to move. If you're like that, when you're airtight like that, there's no room for me to come in. Yeah. You are yeah. trying to be, I said, well, God, you know, what do you mean? I'm trying to be God. I said, you are trying to be God. That is the problem. You want to figure everything out. You want to work everything out, you know, and just like you talked about with, you know, God, God said to you that, you know, I told you I was going to bring it back. I didn't tell you how, but I just think that that, that that's just so powerful. I'm speechless because I just yes. think it's so powerful. Yes. But you know, Tana, I mean, what you said is so, because there's so many of us yes. that's like that. We're trying to, yes, we cry out to God. Yes. We ask God mm-hmm. to do you know, certain things in our lives. But then we try then to be God. Yes. And we try for for things to happen the way that we think that Mm -hmm. it should happen. Mm -hmm. And I just think that that's just how society is now trying to make you to go. Like this microwave kind of thing. Yes, yes. But God is not bound by time. Nope. He's not bound by time. And his timing is the right time. Yep. Yeah, I just think that as humans, we 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 tend to forget that mm-hmm. because here on this earth, everything is about this timing. I mm-hmm. I want this house, but mm-hmm. I want it now. Now, I right? I want to put in the work. I don't want it to be built. I want it now. <laughs> you know, right? So. <laughs> so true. So true. Wow. So true. And and it's just so funny because a lot of times I know for me it's like. Well, God, it doesn't really seem like you're moving. You might be a little busy. Let me help you out. Do, you know, I'll do this and then you bless it. And I think that's where we, that's where we all, <laughs> that's where a lot of us fall short is that we get to doing and then we expect God to bless whatever it is that we do. Yeah. 
because we can't be patient, just like, you know, like you were speaking to, because we can't be patient. We've gotten to everything is our at our fingertips. And just like, you know, we were talking yesterday and I said to you, and, and we were talking about um all, all the things that are, you know, so quick now where you don't even have to buy, you go to the grocery store and purchase your own groceries. Someone will do it for you and drop it off to your house. You know, someone yeah. will go to the restaurant for you and bring you the food. But just like we were talking about yesterday and I said to you, you know, I tried the other day to order something for me and Kaden. And as I'm checking out and I looked at the bill, I was like, wait a minute, this is almost double what I'm paying for the food. And when I went and I itemized it and looked, there there was a a service fee, there was a delivery Mm -hmm. fee, there was a tip and uh, and still another fee. And, And so it might seem that it's instant and I'm getting it right now, but I am paying a price for what I'm getting. And I think we really need to, you know, realize that it's like, you're going to pay a price anyways. Why not let, let it be a price that yields you positive results. You're going to make a sacrifice anyways. Why not be, let that sacrifice be in your time in prayer where you know it's going to yield you results as opposed to you taking the shortcut and paying for it in a whole different way. Yep. Yep. You know, that brings me back to even yesterday when we were speaking that after we spoke and I started just going over what we spoke about and going back to that same Uber where, you know, we want things to happen right away Mm -hmm. and different things. And so it is with there's people that who want you to pray for them. Or mm-hmm. in my case, I wanted everybody else too to do the work for me mm-hmm. because I was so tired that I didn't feel like I could pray anymore. I didn't feel like God was going to listen to me, mm-hmm. but I did no longer wanted to put in that work. I wanted others to put in the work for me. But when you let go and just let God, just saying, God, even if it's five minutes, even if it's two minutes. Yes. You know, God is not bound. Yes. All he wants is your genuine yes. felt prayer. Yes. That's it. But so many of us think that it has to be like this downward God, you mm-hmm. know, and this fancy prayer. <laughs> no, it just has to be once it comes from your heart. Yeah. And you're sincere about it, then God can move. Yes. You know? Yes. Because there's many times that I have been where I didn't know what to say. I just laid there and be like, God, I don't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. And just, just lay down and just instead let my mind, but let him pour into me. Yes. You know, kind of as we're speaking, I'm hearing him say, you know, even though we live in this world, we're not of this yeah. world. Right. So, and we have to let go of what the world has yes. dictated in our lives. Yes. And just let God. Yes. Let God. Yes. That's so powerful because a lot of times we are the ones who confine God to certain things and who who make ourselves believe that, well, if we're not doing, you know, just like you said, if we're not praying these eloquent prayers or if we're not, you know, spending hours in the closet that, you know, God is not going to move on our behalf. And a lot of this stuff is stuff that we've gotten because we are not developing our own relationship with God. We're looking at what other people, there are other people's relationship with God and trying to define ours out of 
that instead of going straight to God and let him define what our relationship looks like. Because your relationship with your husband is very different from your relationship with me. You know, it's very different from your relationship with your daughters or with your students, exactly. you know? And exactly. so you, we, we each have to develop that own as, as opposed to looking at others or, which I think is so crazy, looking at the world to say, well, this is what a Christian should look like. Huh? Yes. <laughs> yes. And that is so good, Tana. I mean, you have really nailed it. And I think that until believers really get that in their heart and in their spirit, they will always be bound. Yeah. You will never really experience that freedom. Yeah. Because it's just like knowing each person is different and you have to, you know, relate to everybody differently. Yes. So the way that you speak with your boss, you're not going to speak to your son. Exactly. So, and just knowing, but how do you know? You have to spend time. Yes. Yeah. You have to spend time. That's how you know what your boss will expect of you yep. and what your boss will not expect yep. of you yep. by spending time with your boss. Yeah. You know what you know what makes your son happy and what makes him sad. Yes. How do you know that? By spending time. Yeah. Yep. So so it is with God. Yes. He's not, you know, this spiritual being that's so mm-hmm. out there. He is just right there, just wanting our fellowship. Yes. That's it. And yes. he's not gonna force us. Yes. And that's how we move from religion to relationship. And that's what this yes. is all about. It's about relationship. It's yes, about relationship. It Our whole Christian walk is about relationship. Relationship with God, relationship with one another. It's relationship. That's really what it boils down to. That's, it's what, relationship. It, that's what it boils down to, relationship. Yeah. And until you really experience a relationship, you will never have the really honest freedom. Yes, so yes. it's all about relationship, intent yes. and relationship. Yes. I like those two words. Oh, yes, I do too. <laughs> I did too. Oh, this was so good. This was so good. I have one more question for you. And of course, feel free, you know, if you, if anything else comes up, but I do have one more question that I wanted to ask. What does it mean to be you to be a woman on purpose? Live a life of purpose. That is a full loaded question. Yeah. Full loaded. And I go back to the Bible again. And for me, a woman on purpose means I'm seeking God. Yeah. Even today in everything that we're going through, I'm being intentional about what I say, about how I say it, when I move, how I move, just daily knowing that Christ is coming soon and making sure that I'm prepared. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing my part to help others, to prepare others. Yeah. That's what a woman for purpose means to yeah. me. Just knowing and finding out what God is calling me to do and stepping out, doing it, knowing that our time here is limited. Mm-hmm. But I am also in that helping me to prepare me for his coming, but as well as preparing other for his coming. That's so good. That's so good. And such a perfect way, I think, for us to wrap it up. Is there anything else on your heart you want to share before we wrap up or? No, I mean, this has been awesome ministry. 
I mean, I feel full. I am leaving here with two things on my heart, intent and just being very relational about it. Yeah. And I think that that's what we should have everybody doing. If they walk with intent and being in a relationship with God, I think that their pains, not looking at, you know, you we can't not be the same. You yes. know, we just can't. The people that you're called to, I'm not called to. Right. But the people I'm called to, you know, you're not called to. Right. But not letting our pain and our past life experiences hold us down. Yes. But stepping out and letting God be God. Yes. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. I was much. truly blessed. Thank you so much. This this is such a rich conversation. And I am excited and I look forward to more conversations and just our collaborations in the future because I know God is not finished, that he has um, He has brought us back together for a purpose. And I'm excited. I am so excited for what is to come. Yes, I am too. I am too. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Ladies, I hope this conversation was as life-giving to you as it was to me. I just love Dr. Sierra's authentic, real, and loving nature. Her testimony serves as a reminder that whatever the hurt and pain you might be facing, you are not alone. I know it feels like it at times, but please remember that you are not alone, that God is with you and he's ready and he's willing to take your heart, to take your pain, to take your shame and to turn it into a beautiful testimony. He's ready to replace that dead thing in your life with something beautiful. He's ready to take your mourning and replace it with joy. However, as Dr. Sierra mentioned, in order to receive those things, you must be intentional about developing your relationship with God so that he can bring restoration and new life. And listen, you no longer have to allow the pain, the hurt, and the shame to keep you complacent. When you have come through, when God has delivered you, when you've given it over to God, Take off the dead clothes and put on the garment of praise. Give God all the praise, but don't just stop there. Turn around and help someone out. Help someone out who is going through similar. My absolute favorite scripture in the entire Bible is Luke twenty-two thirty-two. Jesus is having a conversation with Simon Peter and he's saying, Simon, listen, the enemy desires to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. And here's my favorite part. And when thou art converted, strengthen your brethren. In other words, when I have delivered you, when you have come through the trial, the situation, the circumstance, don't just stop there, but turn around and point someone else to me so that I can deliver them. Turn around and do like Dr. Sierra 
and help another sister out. Help someone out who might be facing a similar situation. Ladies, if you would like to hear more from Reverend Dr. Sierra, you can visit her YouTube channel titled New Beginnings. Also, if you would like to know more about Women on Purpose, please visit our website at www.womenonpurposeonline.com. Until next time, ladies, pursue purpose.